The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Astrology reveals insights into the greater world its changing cycles, and universal forces. Through the lens of astrology, we examine special topics and current events, investigate their meaning, and discuss solutions to personal and global problems. Welcome to Astrology, the Theory of Everything, with Mary Jo Weavers and Janie McCarthy. We're here to show you how astrology can be a powerful tool for self-awareness and transformation. You'll be amazed how everything is interconnected when using astrology. Now, here are your hosts, Mary Jo and Janie. Welcome. This is the debut of our weekly talk show, Astrology, the Theory of Everything. We've chosen to start the radio show series by addressing the law of attraction, which will include our backstory, so we can share how this wonderful opportunity found us. My co-host and dear friend, Mary Jo Weavers, and I, Janie McCarthy, couldn't be more excited to have you with us today, along with our special guest, Dr. Laurel Clark, who has two doctoral degrees, one in metaphysics and one in divinity. Dr. Clark is the Regional Director of the School of Metaphysics, which has 16 branches in 10 states, as well as Vice President of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. When Mary Jo and I were planning the show, my research brought Laurel to our attention because of the nationwide lectures she was doing on her book entitled The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization. And by the way, for our listeners, we'll be talking, we'll be taking calls at 43 after the hour on 866-472-5795 if you too want to talk with Laurel. Just give our engineer Matt your name, where you're from, and your question. And now, if you would, please join me and Mary Jo in welcoming Dr. Laurel Clark to our show, Astrology, the Theory of Everything. Laurel, we're so grateful to have you with us here today. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I'm really um, excited about your new show. Oh, thank you. You know, two weeks ago on our pre-production call, it was so evident how philosophically and spiritually the three of us were aligned. And I've really been enjoying your book. I'd love to start the conversation off by sharing a quote with our listeners that comes off of page five, where you're talking about the growth of a thought form. This is what you say, as Your thought form grows in the fertile soil of your subconscious mind. It attracts other energies and minds similarly conditioned. This is the cause of the principle, like attracts like. It is an expression of the law of attraction. 
Your thought form is like a mental broadcast. It reaches out with thought waves to the entire universe. So, Laurel, can you tell us more about this universal mind connection and how it works? Sure. Um, I like the term mental broadcast because it's a pretty close analogy to how I understand mind and sometimes what people call connectedness. Every one of us has a vibration, and our vibration emanates whether we're aware of it or not. So part of what I have been practicing and teaching for years is helping people not only to become more aware of what they're emanating, but to be more disciplined and purposeful in what they think. So when we think thoughts, and I don't just mean random thoughts floating through the mind, but really concentrate on something and visualize it when we picture it, we actually broadcast that thought, and it goes out into what I would call universal mind. Everyone's mind is doing that at the same time. So it's similar to what's happening now. There are listeners who are tuned into this broadcast. When somebody has their mind pointed in a certain direction, it's like they become a receiving station for the thoughts of the people who are actively thinking or broadcasting. And then those um, the broadcaster and the receiver come together sometimes in what people consider coincidence or accident or synchronicity, but it's not really an accident. It happens because one person is reaching out with a desire or request, and the other person is reaching out looking for what the other person is broadcasting. So, for example, when you were looking for a guest for this show, you didn't just sit there in your home wishing that something would come to you. You actually looked on the Internet, and that was how you were able to find me. But that was not an accident. It was a purposeful um, you reaching out and therefore being able to receive what was out there because of the work that I had done. Absolutely. So let's back all the way up and talk about the law of attraction itself. Um, Can you fill us in a little bit about its history and what the science is behind it? Well, as I understand it, there are universal laws. The law of attraction is one, and people name different ones. I've learned 13 of them that govern creation. And my background, part of my background is as a interfaith minister. So um, what I understand is how these universal laws got set into motion was in the very beginning of creation as a way of guiding our human experience. So the discovery of the universal laws, different people have discovered them at different times. And what it means for something to be universal is that it applies anywhere, anytime, to anyone which is why if you read stories of people who have been successful in any field, in government, politics, the arts, business, they will say very similar things regarding how they came to be successful because those people were in alignment with the universal laws whether they knew about it or not. And the more that people know about them, then the more accurately they can cause themselves to be in alignment with the law. Interesting. And Laurel, I'm curious, how did you yourself become interested in the law of attraction? And once you did, how did you 
research it and how did you come to teach about it and and write about it? That's a great question. I um, kind of stumbled upon metaphysics. I have always been interested in understanding why people think the way they do, the differences in how people approach life. Um, When I was a kid, I read a lot, and I think one of the reasons I liked reading novels is I was just so interested in people. And when I went to college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I thought somehow by being an undergraduate, I would find my calling. And although I enjoyed school and took lots of interesting classes, I graduated with a bachelor's and still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So, and this is actually a a law of attraction story. I had a teaching assistant for a film class, and in the discussions about film, he became aware of some of my interests. So he invited me to a full moon meditation, and one of the people, and he actually also was an astrologer. He's the first person who ever did my astrology chart. One of the people at that full moon meditation group was a student at the School of Metaphysics, She told me about the School of Metaphysics. I became a student there, even though I was kind of on hold. I wasn't thinking of going to school right away until I had more of an idea of what I wanted to do with my life. And it was through the School of Metaphysics that I learned about the universal laws, including the law of attraction. Um, I wrote about it because in my own experience and the many people that I have taught, What I discovered is that having more conscious knowledge of these universal laws was so helpful in being able to be much more purposeful, much more directed, to be able to draw upon creative energies and actually do something with them instead of just thinking about ideas and having them go nowhere. And um, since I wrote this book, I have continued to develop my practice and experience and um, personal learning as well as teaching about this law and some of the other laws, too. Well, this is Janie uh, Laurel. Mary Jo and I are both Jungian karmic astrologers, and we were wondering, is what you refer to as the universal mind akin to Jung's theory of the collective unconscious? Yes, I, I would say that's the same thing. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about the universal mind and and how you would describe it to our listeners? Well, I think most people are aware that personally there are differences. People um, come from different countries. They speak different languages. Their skin is a different color. um, They have different belief systems. However, beneath all of those outer differences... I believe and have found that there are universal principles that govern all of us. So I would describe universal mind as the storehouse of that which is beyond the physical body, the physical world, the uh, physical opinions that we have, and that what is common to us as souls, if you want to call it that, that's what is in that universal mind. I also believe that there is an individual subconscious mind, which I believe Jung would refer to as the anima or the animus, where we store our individual understanding of what is universal. 
And in my experience, that's what the purpose of all of our everyday experiences is for, is through our daily life, our daily experiences, the choices we make, it's for us to build understanding of what is universal, what's permanent, what is going to aid us to become more like our creator. Um, and even if people don't believe in a creator, I, I do think that most people believe there's something greater than each one of us individually, whatever they consider that. And some people consider it a, a universal force or the Tao or um, even humanity. So Interesting. I guess in summary, I would say I would describe the universal mind as what is um, what we have in common for us as souls or spirits, um, the self that's beyond the physical self. Interesting. And Laurel, we know that you're also currently writing a book called Mind Magnetism, The Law of Attraction and Action. Can you tell us about this book and what it covers? Yes. It, actually, it's Mind Magnetism, the Law of Abundance in Action. Um, how I understand the Law of Abundance is that when we aid others to abundance, we always have abundance. That it's not so much from, this is what I'm going to get for myself. It's from, this is how I'm going to aid others, how I'm going to aid humanity. And the magnetism is what actually causes what we're doing to work. So, for example, two different people could uh, be looking for a job, and physically it looks like they're doing the same things. But one person always seems to have the luck as they look at it, or as the other person looks at it. They always seem to get the job they want. They always get the man or woman of their dreams, they, it seems like things always work for them, and the other person, no matter how, how hard he or she works, things never seem to happen. So why is that? And what I've found is what, the why has to do with not just what the person is doing, but how they are developing their thought forms, how they are thinking, and how much light or awareness they're bringing to what they are creating. So people call it positive thinking, and there is um, a reality to positive thinking. If, for example, I'm going on a job interview and I expect that what I say is going to come across well, that's different from going on a job interview thinking, oh, I'm never going to get hired, the economy is bad. Even though... You know, the two people might be dressed the same way. They might have a similar resume. The attitude of the person who expects that their effort is going to pay off is much more likely to receive a job offer than the one who goes in there uh, being kind of discouraged before they even go on the interview. So that might seem kind of simplistic, but many people are completely unaware of the kind of energy that they are emanating with the thoughts that they're creating, or they don't think that it really matters. They don't think that um, their attitude makes a difference. They think that it's the outer conditions that make the difference. This element of visualization that you, that you refer to in the law of attraction, 
in your book, the chapter on changing habits was really powerful, Laurel. You were talking about your addiction to smoking and how you were able to overcome that. I thought it was a very powerful story. Maybe you could share parts of that with the audience. Sure. Um, I started smoking when I was 16 years old and smoked every day. Um, By the time I finally stopped smoking, I think the most I was smoking was maybe three packs a day, but on an average about two packs a day. And I had tried to quit on and off. I quit uh, briefly at one point, but I was still smoking. And there were several factors that stimulated me to finally kick the habit. Probably the most important is that I was teaching and um, teaching meditation, teaching mental discipline, teaching people how to have command of their mind and body. And one of my students, who also smoked, who was looking to me to be a role model, and I was not a very good role model because I was smoking, he was pretty angry about the fact that here I was teaching people that, you know, you can have all of this uh, command of your mind and body, and yet I was addicted to cigarettes. So I kind of reacted when he said that. However, I also had enough self-awareness to know that it was true. So that was one factor. And then the other factor was one night after I taught a class, it was in the evening, late, probably after 11, and I wanted to kick back and relax and smoke a cigarette. Well, I thought I had some, but the pack that I had was empty. So I kind of scrummaged around in the bottom of my purse thinking a cigarette had fallen out. There wasn't one there. Um, So I started feeling a little panicky and went around to the ashtrays. You know, any of your listeners who smoke or have smoked can probably relate to this. People who don't smoke may not get it, but uh, (laughs) nicotine is a very strong addiction. So I started looking around the ashtrays thinking I could find a half-smoked cigarette. There weren't any. So then I started going through the trash cans looking to find, you know, something I had dumped in the trash. And all of a sudden, it was kind of like I was transported outside of myself. And I looked at myself going through these trash cans looking for a cigarette butt to smoke. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I am like, you know, some starving homeless person looking in the trash for food. I am really a slave to this habit. And the idea of being so enslaved to cigarettes, that was pretty repelling to me. I did not want to be a slave. So at that moment, I had a decision to make, and I decided that I really wanted to be the master of myself and my body. I did not want to be a slave. So I formed an image of myself having mastery of my senses, of my body. And the thing that was different with that and the other things I had tried is that the idea of quitting smoking is kind of like those no smoking signs that you see everywhere now, a picture of a cigarette with a red line through it. If you're trying to quit smoking, every time you think about that, you picture smoking and not being able to do it. So... The same thing is true of overeating, you know, not eating chocolate or not um, having your favorite foods. As long as you are picturing something that you want with a red line through it, you're still drawn to the thing that you want that you're trying to avoid or deny. 
So the difference in my case is that I formed a positive image that was pretty desirable of having freedom, having mastery, me being able to be the captain of my ship, so to speak. So, I mean, that didn't immediately change the addiction because my body was still addicted to the nicotine. It did give me something positive to fill my mind with and to focus on. So during the period that I was getting the nicotine out of my body and doing the other physical things like drinking water and walking, deep breathing, I was able every time I felt this uh, seemingly overpowering craving to smoke, I'd picture myself having mastery and I would ask myself, do you want to be a slave or do you want to be a master? And when I decided that I wanted to be a master, it was empowering. And so rather than feeling deprived by not being able to smoke, I felt very empowered every time I made a decision to do something else. And I found that to work with pretty much any kind of habit that where the body is taking over is to have something desirable that you want instead, which is much more um, desirable, encouraging, and motivating than having to deny or deprive yourself of something. Thank you, Laurel, for sharing that with us. We're going to take a short break now. And when we come back, we'll be continuing our conversation with Dr. Laurel Clark. And we will also be taking live calls at 43 minutes after the hour. So stay tuned. The number to call in is 1-866-472-5795. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Janie McCarthy loves being a professional astrologer. Her academic pursuits in consciousness exploration, negotiations, and relationship transformation have been critical to helping her clients integrate their material and spiritual worlds. She is known for her ability to simplify and articulate even the most complex concepts to trigger aha moments of pure, meaningful, and lasting clarity. Janie is available for booking presentations, workshops, and client consultations and can be contacted at www.janiemccarthy.com. Mary Jo Weavers is a licensed spiritual health coach specializing in soul personality integration. A certified karmic astrologer, Mary Jo uses the symbolic language of astrology to help her clients understand themselves and their life experiences from a deeper spiritual perspective. Mary Jo can help you gain clarity about your life purpose, relationship dynamics, and how to live your life more effectively. She is available for astrological consultations in person, by phone, and Skype. Check out her website at www.maryjoweavers.com. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to Astrology 
The Theory of Everything. To reach the hosts or the guests today, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to astrotalkradio at icloud.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. And if you just joined us, you're listening to the debut of our Voice America 7th Wave Channel talk show called Astrology, the Theory of Everything. I'm Janie McCarthy, and I'm here, to dear, I'm here today with my dear friend and co-host, Mary Jo Weavers. Our distinguished guest and metaphysical expert is Dr. Laurel Clark, author of The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization. Before going to break, we were talking about how the law of attraction is really um, really shows up in people's lives, particularly when you employ visualization. And we thought we'd transition the conversation during this segment into Mary Jo and my story, how it is we were attracted to astrology and becoming friends as well as attracting the show into our lives. Mary Jo, uh, were you attracted to astrology or was it attracted to you? Well, I think astrology was attracted to me, and I did a very good job for most of my life pushing it away. It was not something that I felt was um, a legitimate science uh, or profession, uh, even though it would pop up periodically. However, it was during the mid to late 1990s, um, in my life, I experienced an urge to to break free from how I had defined myself in my life, and uh, I wanted to, in a way, uh, be in, be more innovative in in who how I expressed myself in life. Um, for you astrologers out there, this was the period of time when the planet Uranus, which by the way rules astrology, was transiting the first house in in my uh, natal chart, including transiting my intercepted Aquarius. And what what this resulted in was me wanting more freedom in my life, wanting to be able to assert myself as my own unique individual self, instead of perhaps conforming to expectations, either expectations I had for myself in terms of how I needed to be and what I needed to do in life, or the expectations of others. And during that period of time, I found myself in my local public library one day, and I was browsing the shelves, and my hand went right to a book on the shelf, And when I pulled it down, I read that it was called Discovering Your Soul Mission, How to Use Karmic Astrology to Create the Life You Want by Linda Brady. And I allowed myself to sit down and read the first chapter or two, and I became so engrossed in it that I checked the book out, I brought it home, read it cover to cover, and uh, eventually got up the nerve to make an appointment to have an astrology session with Linda Brady when I was on the East Coast. Uh, 
and I eventually became her student. And Janie, how about you? How did how did you connect with astrology? Were you attracted to it, or did it attract itself to you? I think it found me. I was, this was 1995, and I was working for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Maryland in the technology department. I'd been sent to Myers-Briggs certification training by that corporation. And during the introduction, they referred to Carl Jung, whose theories are the basis of the MBTI. They referred to him as the father of, are you ready for this? Astrology. Well, that got my attention. I mean, I'm, I, ha- I was, I had always been a facts and figures girl. And in undergraduate school, I had studied Carl Jung's work in psychoanalytical theories, and I thought he was brilliant. His theories on individuation, projection, archetypes, the collective unconscious, there was no question in my mind. These perfectly pulled together fragmented ideas that I had not been able to align about why people, but most importantly, why I could be motivated at times to be so self-defeating, but yet at other times self-supporting. So it was his ideas that fueled a very strong interest in behavioral analysis for me. So we go fast forward to now about a year and a half, and my twin sister gifts me with a reading in Baltimore with who else but Linda Brady of Creative Choices. And later on, she would become also my astrology teacher, mentor, and friend. So for you astrologers out there, my midheaven is 11 degrees Aquarius, 11 minutes. And later... I came to understand that the placement, the top of the chart, the apex, what's known as the midheaven, is how and where we put our greatest gifts out into the world. And Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, and Uranus, as Mary Jo has mentioned, rules astrology. It also rules friendships, technology, as well as this radio internet platform. So... I I guess between working in technology and eventually finding my way into the field of astrology was pretty destined in my future. Yes, and I find it very interesting too, Janie, uh, how our friendship developed. Um, I don't know if you remember, but we actually met for the first time during a Uranus and Pisces retreat that Linda Brady was hosting. That was back in, in March of 2003. And so once again, the planet Uranus, which rules astrology and all of the other uh, subjects that you just mentioned, came into play for us. And it was at that retreat that during those few days, I felt drawn to you. I felt very comfortable sharing some of the exercises and information from our own personal charts that we were sharing in the retreat. And I was attracted to your professional background and as well as um, I was impressed by how you were someone who was using astrology and applying it to your own life for your own betterment. And uh, that was something that I wanted for myself. Well, I too found this meeting, this opportune meeting, uh, 
to be the beginning of a very wonderful friendship. And a lot of the attraction that I had to you was what we had in common. We were both highly unlikely astrologers. Mary Jo's background is in science, minds in technology and business, but astrology's matrix mentality made all kinds of sense to me coming out of IT. Technology, the internet, social media, what it teaches us is to think in terms of relating one to many, whether that's a data element, people, groups, organizations, governments, whatever, instead of one to one, just this to just that. For instance, I'm a woman, I'm a twin, I'm an astrologer, I'm an American. You get it. I mean, the, I'm, I'm not one thing that, that can be defined. I am one to many things. And in astrology, the aspects, the use of aspects define this breadcrumb trail of how signs and planets connect information to each other, which add more and more data, but then eventually storylines into our own personal stories. And by the end of the retreat, Mary Jo, you and I had decided to stay in touch regularly from your home in Oregon and mine in Maryland. That's right. And we continued our conversations and tried to schedule at least once a month where we could spend time on the phone together discussing different topics in astrology, uh, current events, and uh, how we could interpret them through the lens of astrology. And this became just such such an enjoyable thing to look forward to for me on, on a monthly basis because I felt like we were coming together with, with like minds, although with our different backgrounds and our, di- our different perspectives and the different ways that we practice astrology we we do astrology differently. However, we're able to spark each other's curiosity and um, and help expand each other's learning. So, Laurel, um, does any of this sound like the law of attraction had its way with us? Sure, it all does. I mean, especially the fact that it was the same astrologer. I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of astrologers there are out there, but the fact that it was the same astrologer that both of you were drawn to, and then it was at her teaching that the two of you met, that seems um, like a perfect example of how the law of attraction works. I think also, too, when Janie was talking about astrology uh, being represented in our minds as, as a network of multifaceted in, interconnected uh, con, uh, connections or synapses is the way I see it. It reminded me of how you described the universal mind, Laurel. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that astrology and Aquari- the sign of Aquarius have much to do with this universal mind. Yes, I, I agree very much so. Well, this this radio platform uh, has, and with Mary Jo's gracious invitation for me to join her, I was hoping she might share how the opportunity even wound up on her doorstep. Right. Well, as I had mentioned, Janie and I had been having our, our monthly astrology chats over the telephone, 
And beginning last October, I think it was, we began discussing in earnest how we might co-create some sort of platform where we could bring our our discussions between the two of us out into a more expansive way uh, and include other astrologers, people who are interested or practicing astrology, and also to provide a forum for astrologers to come together and collaborate on projects. And so over the subsequent months, we looked into one option after another. And again, uh, during this time, uh, astrologically speaking, the planet Jupiter was retrograde in the sign of Leo. And as you astrologers out there understand, this could be interpreted as being a time for us to review different opportunities to take a look at the serendipity of things showing up in our life that might enable us to connect with our own personal creativity in new and different ways. Not to mention how it was going to totally reorient our thought process and belief systems. Right. And so this March, I received a call from our executive producer at voiceamerica.com, and it just clicked. It was one of those serendipitous moments, and it just felt right, and immediately I knew that Janie had to be part of it. And so uh, we feel very blessed and fortuitous that we had this opportunity to to bring this uh, radio show out into the public, and it, we're so delighted that we are able to continue our conversations and to include all of you with it. This was always a dream of mine to bring astrologers together. I never really understood with Aquarius ruling astrology that so many astrologers seem to work as solo practitioners instead of in small groups or larger groups to get involved in service and work to the collective. So, my dream, our dream now is to bring an opportunity to astrologers all over the world to find each other, to find passions and causes that they are interested in pursuing and maybe even acting upon. As Laura would say, if we're going to manifest our dreams, we need to put ourselves and the um, action, the physical action into place in order to attract what it is we're looking for in our lives to manifest. Yes, very much so. And once again, we're going to break right now. So when we come back, uh, give us a call. If you'd like to get involved or have a question for Laurel, give us a call at one 866 472 And for you astrologers out there, our composite chart, Janie's and my composite chart that is, has Saturn and Neptune intercepted in Libra in the seventh house. What does that say about our relationship and our collaboration? Give us a call when we come back with your comments.
The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Mary Jo Weavers is a licensed spiritual health coach specializing in soul personality integration. A certified karmic astrologer, Mary Jo uses the symbolic language of astrology to help her clients understand themselves and their life experiences from a deeper spiritual perspective. Mary Jo can help you gain clarity about your life purpose, relationship dynamics, and how to live your life more effectively. She is available for astrological consultations in person, by phone, and Skype. Check out her website at www.maryjoweavers.com. Janie McCarthy loves being a professional astrologer. Her academic pursuits in consciousness exploration, negotiations, and relationship transformation have been critical to helping her clients integrate their material and spiritual worlds. She is known for her ability to simplify and articulate even the most complex concepts to trigger aha moments of pure, meaningful, and lasting clarity. Janie is available for booking presentations, workshops, and client consultations and can be contacted at www.janiemccarthy.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Astrology, the Theory of Everything. To reach the hosts or the guests today, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to astrotalkradio at icloud.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. And if you've just joined us, you're listening to our new talk radio show called Astrology, the Theory of Everything. I'm Janie McCarthy. I'm here with my astrology friend and co-host, Mary Jo Weavers, and our special guest, Dr. Laurel Clark, author of The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization. What I wanted to ask Laurel at this point is how our listeners um, can activate the law of attraction in their lives. What first steps can people put into practice to attract what it is they're wanting into their lives, Laurel? That's a good question because the law of attraction is always operating, but sometimes people are not aware of it or they ignore or bypass signs that things are coming their way. So I would recommend that anybody who wants to align with it make some decisions about what's most important. I mean, most people have a lot of different desires. Sometimes they get kind of scattered. So deciding maybe the three things that are the most important. And when I say things, it doesn't have to be physical things. It could be somebody wants to become more outgoing or they want to um, learn how to meditate. That to just decide for right now, these are the three most important things. And then to look for what is in their environment that might help them. 
So, for example, one thing that I do in different cities I travel to, when I go to a bookstore or a coffee shop, a lot of times they have some free newspapers around. And I usually pick those up and look through them. I look at the ads. I look at the calendar of events listings. And very often, through that simple act, I have found resources that have given me something that I was looking for. I mean, sometimes as simple as um, I want to give a talk and I'm looking for a place that's available, I'll see that there's some other lecture that's set up at this place, so then I know, well, that place hosts lectures. Um, Another simple thing that people can do is just to talk about their desires because in most cases there is somebody either right now in your environment or somebody who you are soon to meet who has either exactly what you want or they can give you um, some things that can point you towards what you want. Um, Three different times in my life I had people give me a bicycle. I mean, give it to me. I didn't have to pay for it because I was just talking about the fact that I wanted a bicycle. One time it was, um, there was a couple, they were avid bicycle riders. They had extra bicycles. They each had their uh, racing bikes, and they had their everyday bikes, and they had a bike that they were wanting to give away. I just happened to mention in their presence that I was looking for one. They said, oh, we have an extra bicycle we'll give to you. So, you know, people think that that might sound kind of strange, but it happens fairly often that there's somebody right there that has a resource that you need and you just need to open up your mouth and let people know. Thank you. And it looks like we have a caller, Darlene, from Tampa, Florida. Hello, Darlene. Welcome. Hi. Um, How are you? Very good. It's great to have you on the show. Do you have a question for us? I do. Uh, I uh, know uh, some astrology, and I was intrigued by Dr. Clark's uh, story about clearing um, an addiction, and she mentioned chocolate, and so my addiction is definitely chocolate, and I, um, and I have Taurus at the top of my chart, and I have Jupiter in Taurus there, so um, my Taurus loves to... <laughs> Partake. Uh, my question is really about so, and what I was intrigued about was the idea of making it a positive and not, um, uh, you know, not taking something away or not depriving ourselves of something, but putting it more in a in a positive light. So my question really is, how to sustain that? I'm really good for three days, three weeks, three months, <laughs> and then. Um, so I'm interested in hearing what you all have to say about what, um, what aspects of the chart to utilize and um, how to sustain that um, idea so that you really take it to fruition, take it to completion. Well, um, Mary Jo or Janie would be able more than me to address the astrological implications. What I can say about sustaining it is a couple of things. Um, one thing is that there is a service that the School of Metaphysics provides. I'm a longtime teacher with the school that's called an intuitive health analysis, and it will intuitively discern anything that's out of balance spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or physically, what's out of balance, what to do to correct it. 
And in many cases, when there is a craving that has a physical component to it, it's because the body needs something and that's how you interpret it. And you probably could even do a Google search to find out when there's a craving for chocolate what the vitamin or mineral is that the body needs. The intuitive health analysis could tell you that more specifically because it may be that when you're craving chocolate, I mean, there's probably mental and emotional components, but there may also be something physical. I do know from some study of oriental medicine that the bitter taste is something that's not common in the American diet. And oftentimes when people crave chocolate, particularly bittersweet chocolate or coffee, it's because the body needs that bitter taste to be nourished. And so there are other foods that have that bitter taste like kale and other things like that that are probably more nutritious than chocolate. So those are um, some things that you might consider in that light. And then... Related to what I was saying about my story of overcoming the habit of smoking, if you can identify when you first really started enjoying chocolate, you know, maybe it's something that was given to you for Valentine's Day gifts or it's something that you always had for your birthday party when you were a kid, whatever the initial seed idea was that gave you the picture that chocolate is desirable, that can be really helpful too. You know, maybe it represents love or it represents being nurtured or uh, something special so that then you can find other ways to fulfill that craving. Excellent. Thank you very much, Dr. Clark. Thank you, Darlene, for your call today. You're welcome. From an astrology standpoint, Mary Jo, um, one of the things that was occurring to me about Darlene is that uh, the grounding, the sustainability of a new discipline in her life to reduce or avoid eating chocolate, maybe she could look to how the other earth energies in her chart could support that Taurus. I think that's an excellent idea. And and as you know, anytime we're engaging with the earth in our chart, that also will help us uh, bring us right back into our body. And as Dr. Clark was talking about, uh, having that connection with our body and finding out what our body really needs could be very helpful. Um, Laurel, I wanted to ask you about dreams. Uh, you are the vice president of the International Association for the Study of Dreams, and you've written a book entitled Intuitive Dreaming. What can you tell us about dreams and how can we use them to access our deeper knowledge or what we call the universal mind? That's a great question. I love dreams. Um, In my experience, understanding my dreams and paying attention to them has both um, been very uh, nourishing spiritually as well as has given me guidance. Dreams come from the subconscious mind. When we sleep at night, even though our conscious mind isn't active, we still exist in this place that I would call the subconscious mind. And there's um, a lot of ways that people work with dreams. I have learned personally to understand the universal language of mind, which is a language of symbols, to be able to interpret the personal messages of guidance that my dreams give me 
as well as, and this is a lot of what's in the book Intuitive Dreaming, becoming aware of how dreams can connect us with other people. For example, um, I was married to a man who died fairly young, and I had some very powerful dreams after he died where he came to me that helped me to have quite a bit of resolution uh, regarding his death. And before he died, when he was sick, I had a couple of dreams that were very profound that helped me to make some decisions um, that I think at the time probably saved his life when he was in uh, medical crisis. Uh, people have had dreams that have inspired music, poetry, art, writing, uh, business ideas. There are many um, important, famous people who drew upon their dreams for guidance. So they're valuable in many areas of life. Do you ever suggest or train people how to program their dreams in order to target information that they're trying to resolve, brainstorm around, uh, inquire of their own subconscious? Yes. In fact, there's a science of dream incubation. Um, I've taught workshops on it, and there's a chapter in that book, Intuitive Dreaming, about it that this is actually an application of visualization, is to decide what you want, picture it in your mind, write out um, your thoughts about it. There's other ritual-type activities to do before sleep so that you can clear your conscious mind and uh, be prepared to receive the dream. And it's kind of amazing. I've received some very clear voice messages from dreams when I've asked for um, help with healing I know people who have used dream incubation to ask about their purpose in life. Um, It it can be used for pretty much any kind of question or desire or uh, inspiration that people want. Well, this is wonderful, and I'm so excited. I I really want to read that book, too, Laurel. this is all the time we have today, Janie. This has been so much fun, and I am so excited about this show, and I'm looking forward to coming back next week and doing it again. How about you? Oh, my goodness. Try and keep you away. <laughs> good, good. Well, many, many thanks to Dr. Laurel Clark for joining us on our first show and for her very thoughtful and stimulating discussion on the Law of Attraction You can read more about Laurel and her books, her lectures and presentations at the website for the School of Metaphysics at som.org. You can contact Laurel by email at som at som.org. And thank you listeners for joining us on Astrology, the Theory of Everything, and being part of our experience in helping us make history. If you would like to continue our conversation, like us on Facebook at Astro Talk Radio. For all you professionals out there, link up with Janie and me on LinkedIn. And let's continue our conversation on Twitter with hashtag Astro Talk Radio. You can email your comments and questions to astrotalkradio at iCloud.com. If you are listening on demand, you can email us your questions, and we will answer them on our next show. 
Be sure to check out Janie's website at JanieMcCarthy.com and my website at MaryJoWeavers.com. Join us next week when we discuss the history of astrology with special guests Eric Francis of Planet Waves and Tarot scholar Christine Payne Towler. Thank you very much. Thanks, Janie. Thanks, Laurel. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Please join Janie McCarthy and Mary Jo Weavers again next week for another edition of Astrology, the Theory of Everything. We're live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. May the stars be with you. Thank you.